has reminded me that the vision is also for what God wants to do in our field of labor in the city of Chicago. Thankful to be here, my wife, Frederica, and our son. Uh, we might have skipped off to uh, Sunday school class or shine, but I'm thankful to be here. Uh, if you would turn with me in the book of Acts chapter 10, I have a presentation. It's a short 90-second video, but I'll, do, I'll save that for the end. Um, and I, I'd like to get, get into the word of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Book of Acts chapter 10, reading from verse, and since he already read the scripture that I was going to read, I'll read another scripture. So we'll go, we'll go to Acts chapter 10, reading from verse 1 to 4. Praise God. Hallelujah. If it is your custom to stand while you read the Bible, I'm thankful for also, you know, uh, the young man that was up here, Johnny Alessia. He uh, shared his uh, mission to uh, complete his capstone project, which probably is going to be the best capstone project of all his graduating class. And uh, if he's not careful, he might be the next mayor of this city. <laughs> but uh, thankful for a young men that are not just thinking of themselves. And obviously, it's a it's a school directive, but uh, you can tell he has a passion and a burden for what he's going to do in uh, conjunction with this uh, church assembly. The Bible says in uh, Acts chapter 10 that there was a certain man in Caesarea, I don't know if you can give me a little bit on the mic in one of these monitors here, but a certain man in the city of Caesarea, that's very good, thank you, uh, called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God. All everybody say he gave. Everybody say he prayed. The Bible says in verse 3, he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, God visits him with an emissary of heaven and calls him by name, looks at him, calls him, Cornelius looks back, the Bible says he was afraid and uh, was very startled at what was going on. And he says, what is it, Lord? And this emissary gives him a word from God and tells him that thy prayers, everybody says prayers. prayers. Thine alms, everybody says giving, giving, has come up for memorial before God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to lift your uh, hands. You can rest your Bibles down or the device that you're reading the word of the Lord from. Lift both your hands and let's ask God to speak directly to us as a body of Christ. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this house. We, Lord God, thank you for your presence that's already evident in this place, the worship that has gone forth, the honoring of your man of God, your woman of God, and the people that have bound together with their ministry, Lord Jesus, to further your cause in this community. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. And we're looking toward the future, Lord Jesus, and, and what you're going to do, Lord God, and we are a part of that. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Give us a word to encourage us, direct us, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Thank you for, Lord, your spirit already moving. Continue to loose the gifts of the spirit to be in operation in this house, your angels to minister to the hearts of the saints that are here. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Hallelujah. One more time, open up your mouth, clap your hands, and give God a praise in this sanctuary. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, if you're thankful for what the Lord is doing in this place, go ahead and lift your voice. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. As you're seated, turn to the person next to you and tell them prayers never die. Hallelujah. So I'd like to uh, uh, begin by just saying that statement today. Your prayers never die. What you have done in the spirit has not dissipated. The things that you have accomplished with your voice in the presence of God, God has not forgotten about that. The Bible, we read a scripture here in the text. The Bible says that there was a man by the name of Cornelius. The Bible describes this man as a centurion, a man that was a commander of sorts. He had a ranking position in the most fierce, the most savage army in the world at this time. And you can imagine that if this man was a commander of some of the most dangerous men in the world, Bible says he was a centurion of the band called the Italian band. So for the Bible to go as far as to tell us the name of the regiment or a group of soldiers that he had command over, it kind of gives a connotation that they were a big deal. And so he was a leader of a elite force, if you will. The Bible says that this centurion was a devout man. He was devoted to the one God of the Israelites. Now you have to understand that this man was not an Israelite. He was born a Roman soldier. And uh, being trained very young as a soldier, these soldiers get trained to do one thing and one thing very effectively. They are trained to take people's lives, strike fear into the heart of masses because this was a force that went forward for the nation and the empire of Rome to conquer different cities and lands and ethnicities and people. And the Bible says that at some point this man found himself forsaking the pantheon of gods that the Romans had uh, were trained to serve and he began to serve this one God of the Israelites. Now many people would believe that this man was uh, probably the man that was at the uh, place of skulls, Golgotha, while Jesus was on the cross and he was about to hang his head and give up the ghost. The Bible says he took his last breath and he died. And the Bible says that the earth began to quake and the sky turned black and there was a centurion by the cross that looked up at the lifeless body of Jesus Christ and said, surely this was the son of God. Hallelujah. Now, if that man was 
this man Cornelius, then his encounter at the cross changed the whole trajectory of his future. Hallelujah. He was trained to be a very savage and fierce man that took lives and a man that served false gods. But when he had an encounter with the cross of Jesus Christ, that changed everything that he was trained to do. That changed everything that he was commissioned to do. Praise God. I want to tell somebody this morning that when you have an encounter with the cross of Jesus Christ, it will transform and change everything that you've been exposed to. It doesn't matter where you've been born, what you did in your past, the Lord has a brighter future for your life. And all you need is an encounter with the cross of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this man has an encounter that causes him to be a devoted man to the one God of the Israelites. And he is not an Israelite. As the brother was saying earlier today, uh, at this point in the scripture, there were no non-Israelite Christians. You've got to understand how significant this scripture is. Not just to the context of what I'm saying today, but to the New Testament church in a whole. Because at this point, the New Testament church was purely Israelite. Whether they were Jewish or whether they were the mixed folk, like the Samaritans, they were half-breeds, praise God. And I'm not going to say nothing derogatory today because I love mixed folk, praise the Lord. Uh, I married one, praise the Lord. So I, that's nothing derogatory. I love mixing you know, cream in my coffee, praise the Lord, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. And so uh, this man is getting an experience as he is praying and giving. The Bible says that his giving and his prayers did something that God would respond to. Hallelujah. And God was ready to do something that he had never done before. Praise the Lord. And yes, he was doing a new thing. And you might think of the scripture, well, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun until there's a virgin birth. And when God is ready to do something new and do something that he has never done before, he's looking for some people that know how to have an open line of communication with his spirit. Praise the Lord. If I can say anything of worth in this service today, I would say, church, you need to have an open line of communication with an almighty God. Hallelujah. Because God is getting ready to blow your mind and the things that you've experienced up to this point, whether good or bad, it's all going to work together to get you to your ultimate destiny. Hallelujah. Because prayers never die. Can I tell you something? You are all product of somebody's prayers. Oh, you, you, you thought you got yourself here. You thought you decided to go ahead and give your life to God. But before you even thought of that, somebody was thinking of you. Praise the Lord. They may not have even known your name. They probably didn't know you from Adam. But somebody was calling on your life and your family and maybe your home or your community. Somebody was praying for you before you decided to give your life to God. Before you decided to come to church, there were prayings, prayers going forth to God draw your heart to a place of repentance so God can transform your life. Hallelujah. So this man Cornelius is here 
having a prayer life. The Bible said he prayed always. He was consistent in his prayer. So much so that when God was ready to give him a word, God knew exactly when to find him and where to find him. It was at the ninth hour, the Bible says, that an angel comes to Cornelius, and the angel knew where to find him because in another portion of Scripture, Acts chapter 3, the Bible says that the ninth hour was the hour of prayer. So this was the time that Cornelius decided, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to seek the face of God. And you know, Cornelius, you got to understand how powerful this is because Cornelius, he didn't have the Holy Ghost. Oh, he didn't have the baptism in water in Jesus' name. He didn't have any of that. He, he probably wasn't even exposed to the gospel message of the salvation of Jesus Christ. But he had a prayer life. Hallelujah. And he was very charitable in his giving. He gave to the needy and probably even gave to the work of God when they weren't even able to fellowship with him. Could you imagine having a prayer life? being devoted to a God where the rest of the followers that you identify with, the group of people that you identify with in your religious beliefs can't even fellowship with you? Because he was a Roman, and it was considered unclean to go and have fellowship with Roman people. So God, when he was ready to open up a new harvest, when he was ready to open up a new demographic that the church was not reaching, Hallelujah. He found somebody that knew how to open their mouths and call on the Lord. Praise God. He didn't have it all perfect. He probably didn't even have all the truth, but he knew how to call on God. And in his sincerity, God began to respond to this man's prayers. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Bible says that he commandeered an apostle by the name of Peter while he was waiting for some dinner to be made. Bible says that they were making ready for their food and you know Peter was up in uh, just a loft kind of area and waiting for the meal to be prepared and they were kind of taking a little bit long for the meal to be prepared and so the Bible says he fell into a trance. He was so hungry and he started to daydream and phase out like some of you are doing right now. Some of you kind of you know when church get too long y'all kind of oh yeah thinking about what you're about to eat. That's probably what happened to Peter, but it wasn't his own vision. God gave him a vision of food. How ironic that he's getting hunger pains and his stomach is talking to him, and all of a sudden he's seeing a vision of a picnic blanket being laid out with all types of good stuff. Some hot rolls and some honey butter, praise the Lord. He's seeing, you know, that rack of lamb coming down, you know. And he on this on this picnic blanket, he's seeing, oh my goodness, they've got they've got some roast here. They, they got fried chicken, praise God. And he's over here looking, and all of a sudden he he sees something. He said, Oh no. They got ham. And while you me and you say, Oh yeah, pass me some of that pineapple glazed ham, praise the Lord. Uh, no, he wasn't too excited about that. Then he saw oh, they got bacon over here while me and you would be all up on that bacon. Uh, Peter was Jewish. Yeah. And you see, the Israelites don't dine with the swine. Right. 
And so when he saw that, he began to be a little bit apprehensive to this vision that God was laying out a blanket before him and he was hesitant in partaking in what God was laying out. He was doubting, praise the Lord. He was questioning what God was trying to do because it wasn't conventional to what he was used to or his cultural preferences. But God spoke to this man and said, don't call what I've made common or unclean. Praise the Lord. He said, I'm doing something in your life that may be a little bit uncomfortable to what you're used to and what your cultural preferences are, but you need to lay aside your ethnic preferences and your cultural oh praise the Lord because I'm doing something that's going to be broader than anything you ever experienced in your life I'm going to open up a harvest that you've never tapped into I'm doing a new thing Because I've been, I've been giving you promises. I've been, I've been causing you to pray, and I've given you prophecies that are uh, at the last days. Hallelujah! I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And I told you that after you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria. And you've done that, but you haven't reached the uttermost parts of the earth yet. And I'm ready to open up a worldwide revival from right here. What would you do uh, if God told you, uh, I'm getting ready to open up a worldwide revival from right here? You might think, well, we're a small ministry. Well, don't look at yourself as a grasshopper in your own eyes because God has magnified your mind. You might think your ministry is minuscule, but God looks at it and says, I'm going to do a new thing, a big thing. Hallelujah. It's not because you're special. It's because I'm looking for a people. Had an open line of communication. Because I can't do it with somebody that won't talk to me. I can't do it with somebody that's not willing to open up their bowels of compassion and begin to pour out what I've poured into them. Oh, hallelujah. You, you, you want to know what God does when he's getting ready to do a new thing? When he's getting ready to do big things? It's going to cost something. Yes, it is. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. And it might cost you physically. Hallelujah. It might cost you financially. But if you allow God to begin to withdraw from your account, I'm telling you, he has all the money in the world, praise the Lord. And when you begin to give, he views you not as broke, but he views you as a conduit through which he can flow his resources through. Hallelujah. 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 So when you begin to give and when you begin to pray, God begins to collect. That's right. Come on. And it begins to build a momentum that God will look at as a memorial. Yes, he does. Because he's getting re getting ready to release a miracle. Mm, yes, Hallelujah. And that's exactly how it works. 
There are things that have been prayed and promised and prophesied that you have not even seen yet. And you might have forgotten about those things because you just, it's been a while since God has worked in a certain way. But part, oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you that those prayers never die? The things that you've said in the spirit, that God collected those things and they are not dissipated. They have not hit the ceiling and come back down. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Hallelujah. When you pray, God hears every word of every prayer that you've ever prayed and God is getting to hallelujah 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 because prayers never die God God is doing something with Cornelius man that we wouldn't even consider saved he's over here praying God gives a man of God a vision you know what it wasn't in line with what he's been used to, how he used to do church. It wasn't really, it didn't fit the mold of what God was getting ready to do to what he was used to. And so God gave him a vision and he didn't get it. He didn't receive that word and it was from God. This is not just some Joe Smoke, this is, this is Peter, the man that got the keys to the kingdom. The man that preached the salvation message in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 30. This is the man. And he wasn't a receiver of God's word. He's like, I I don't know if I can get with all that. So guess what God does? God gives him the same word a second time. And he still didn't get it. So what does God do? God gives Peter the same word a third time. He gives Peter the same vision three different times, and he still didn't get it. Okay. How come sometimes the people of God can't even receive what God is trying to do? And God only had to speak to Cornelius once, and he didn't even have the Holy Ghost, praise God. And this man, Peter, who had the Holy Ghost and saw miracles from God, couldn't receive the word. That the, That's why I believe the Bible says sometimes the children of darkness are a little bit wiser than the children of light because sometimes it's hard for us to accept and receive what God is trying to do because it doesn't fit our mold. So God said, forget about the vision. Just go with these guys. Don't even question anything. Just go. So these guys show up. And he said, okay, this is God, because this is exactly what God said was going to happen. These guys show up, he follows these guys, and gets to this Roman residence where there's a ranking officer over an elite force of the Romans, and this man and his family and probably his guard that are sitting there looking at Peter as he's walking in. If I was Peter, I'd be afraid because these guys, these guys are trained killers. And I'd be upset. I'd be afraid with God. And say, what, what, what do you have me doing here? Not only am I in danger because I don't know why I'm here. And I don't know why he's brought me here in front of this guy. I'm probably going to be ridiculed. I'm probably going to be questioned. By the brethren. Because this is not how it's usually done. And you, usually people wouldn't do it this way. But God was getting ready to do something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And he, he needed somebody that would just answer his call and follow his voice. Praise God. In the midst of danger and uncertainty, and even in the midst of being ridiculed by others of like precious faith, he still answered and followed the voice of God and got to a place and he did what he was wired to do. He began to open his mouth and preach the word of God, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says he didn't call an altar call. He didn't have to lay one hand. The Bible says he wasn't even finished his message. But while he yet spake, the Bible says people began to receive the Holy Ghost as he was preaching. The harvest was so ripe, he didn't even have to lift a finger. He just opened his mouth and God began to do the work before his eyes. And this unconventional revival began to set in motion something that would be even impacting us today. Because to this point, there was not one non-Israelite that had received the gift of the Holy Ghost. There were more Israelite and Jewish Christians in that day than anybody else. As a matter of fact, there was nobody else. But when you think about it, today, if you would say Jewish Christian, that would be a foreign thing. Because there are way more non-Jewish Christians today than there are Jewish Christians today. But it started somewhere. 2,000 years ago, somebody began to lift their voice and begin to pray. Hallelujah. And this man caused a prayer to begin to set in motion a chain of events that 2,000 years later, last week, somebody came the baptism of the Holy Ghost because of one man's prayer. Can I tell you, Cornelius was not thinking about West Hartford. Can I tell you, Cornelius was not thinking about Chicago, but his prayer never died. It still began to set in motion a shockwave of revival that'll be affecting you and I 2,000 years later. Lift your hands right now. Because prayers never die. Oh, praise God. And while you think that sometimes your words are falling on deaf ears, your prayers are not just beating the air, you are doing something of eternal significance when you open your mouth. God hears every word of every prayer that you've ever prayed. Because prayers never die. What about that condition in your body? What about that unsaved loved one or that situation in your family? What about that addiction you're trying to shake? Hallelujah. Those behavioral habits uh, that seem to have a hold on you. Praise the Lord. Uh, Or you might have prayed for it before. Hallelujah. But that doesn't mean you can't pray again. Praise the Lord. You can pray again because your prayers uh, are not falling on death. Can I tell you uh, that God only does one of two things when you pray? When you pray, God will answer you uh, or he'll start working. 
I don't know about you, but that gets me a little excited. That makes my feet a little happy when I think about what God does when I open my mouth. Hallelujah. God will respond to my prayer. You might not see a change in your health right now, but God is working on something. You might not see a change in your family right now, but God is working on something. You might not have gotten an immediate result in your finances, but God is working something out for your good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands right. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want, you want to know why Lighthouse Tabernacle is here? Because somebody prayed it into existence. You want to know why you got salvation and you decided to give your life to Christ? It's not because of your decision. Somebody prayed you into a decision making. Oh, hallelujah. 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 The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. Continue to lift your hands and open your mouth and begin to honor him. Come on, your prayers. Your prayers. Your prayers are accomplishing great things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, and while that heartache looks like it's still staring you in the eye, and while that cancer may look like it's not budging, praise the Lord, when you open your mouth, God is working, and you might not see an immediate result, but the Holy Ghost is doing great things with your voice and prayer. Hallelujah. Because prayers never die. As a matter of fact, every great and monumental event that ever happened in the church happened in the midst of a prayer. Yes, oh, sir. hallelujah. Oh, come on. Yeah. When Jesus get to, got to his disciples, he told them, you go in that upper room. Hallelujah. And you tarry for the promise of the Father. And you know what they were doing in that place? It was a 10-day prayer meeting. Praise the Lord. And on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It was birth out of prayer. Hallelujah. Just a few verses later, Peter and John are entering into the synagogue, the temple, to do one thing. The Bible says the ninth hour of the hour of prayer and the very first miracle outside of the ministry of Jesus Christ happened mm-hmm. at the hour of prayer. Yes, sir. They began to get questioned and even ridiculed for what they were doing teaching in the name of Jesus and this miracle just happened of a man that had never walked in his life all of a sudden jumps out of his crippled state, begins to dance and worship and they be- people began to ridicule that. People began to question his ethics. People begin to question, oh, well, how come this is happening for you? And he said, I'm just doing 
what we've always been doing. We're teaching in the name of Jesus. He said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven, even among men, whereby we must be saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what they did? They began doing the same thing when they told them, stop teaching in this name. They began teaching again. And the Bible says that they caught them, beat them up, and then released them. And you know what? They didn't stop teaching. They didn't stop working for the kingdom. Right. They went strengthened by the brethren. And you know what strengthened them when they were going through hard times? Prayer. The Bible says when they gathered with the rest of the believers, they began to pray. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And God did, as the Bible says it, quote, unquote, special miracles hallelujah wrought special miracles by the hands of the men of God hallelujah if God can do it back then he can do it today and if God can do that with Cornelius's prayers what can God do if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn God said I'll hear from heaven I'll forgive sin I will heal you in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 I'll tell you why God is doing what he's doing in this place and confirming his word and people are operating in the function of prophecy and words are going forth. Hallelujah. There's words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Hallelujah. And I believe in this place there's going to be some working of miracles. The gift of faith is beginning to operate right now in your life and raising you to a higher level of belief where even your impossibilities are staring you in the face but you're going to stare back and say God is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Come on, stand with me right now. Lift your hands, and when you open your mouth, begin to call. Hallelujah. Come on, nobody looking around. Just lift your hands and begin to let God operate and manifest his power in your prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can just close your eyes and lock in with the spirit of God, watch God begin to... Come on, ma'am. Come on, sir. Come on. When you open your mouth, God is beginning to move. When you open your mouth, God is beginning to answer. When you open your mouth, God.
Hallelujah. Can I tell somebody today, this is the atmosphere where God answers prayers. This is the atmosphere where you can realize and materialize your miracle in this place because your prayers are building monuments in the presence of God. Well, who are you today? Who are you today? God has brought something and even resurrected things that you've closed the books on. Praise the Lord. Uh, who are you today uh, that you uh, you felt like you tried God before? Hallelujah. But uh, God is asking you one more time. Uh, if people can play the lotto and lose and keep playing all their lives, uh, you can pray even when you don't see uh, anything happen. You've got greater faith uh, than somebody... Come on, if you need a touch from God, I don't want you to stay in your seat. I want you to begin to slip out, to begin to make your way to this front area. We got a tons of room for you to come and lift your hands and receive what God has for you today. You can receive the Holy Ghost. You might say, well, I prayed for it before. Go ahead and pray again. Hallelujah. You can receive your healing. You might say, well, I prayed for that before. You go ahead and pray again. Come on, you don't have to come by yourself. Grab the person next to you by the hand and say, go ahead.